Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Now's the time to save 30% on wedding jewelry. Only on bluenile.com. Make sure your wedding ring is the one with your pick of diamond and lab-grown diamond bands. All hand-finished and graded for excellence. Or surprise her with something blue she'll love for life, like a stunning pair of sapphire earrings. Blue Nile's jewelry experts are available 24-7 to help, from fit questions to style advice. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Lions TV, this is your post-match analysis video for yesterday's very encouraging, very much improved 1-1 draw against Sunderland at the Den after the absolute chaos, the ups and extreme downs of the opening three games, the goals, the gaffes. It was nice to get back to a mediocre bit of normality and a 1-1 draw, but we definitely deserve to win the game. As always, let's kick off the show by taking a look at the 11 that Joe Edwards picked. To start the match. And the gaffer rung the changes. Five changes were made from the team that lost last time out heavily against Ipswich in midweek. And it definitely, definitely worked much better, in my opinion. Definitely much more of a Millwall 
performance. It was Bolkowski in goal. Four at the back, Ryan Leonard come in and had an unbelievable game at right back. Left back was Murray Wallace, who was improved as well. Jake Cooper rightly reinstated to the side. And prior to what I said in the preview, I think in hindsight, it was the right decision to put Wes Harding alongside him. Billy Mitchell in the centre of midfield gives us a little bit more balance, definitely a link between the midfield and the defence. And I thought we looked like a much better side in much better shape with him in the starting 11. You also had George Savile in there alongside him with Zian Fleming in a 10. And it was one up front. It was Kevin Nisbet. Delighted for Nizzi to get two goals in two games. For those of you who don't like Tom Bradshaw, looks like that uh, crisis could be solved for you as Nisbet looks to finally be fit and hitting a bit of form. And then the two wide men were George Honeyman on the left and Brooke Norton Cuffey on the right. I'm going to start with Norton Cuffey. Probably not the best place to start. You know, usually start at the back and work through the side. But why it's fresh in my mind, again, I wouldn't have picked Norton Cuffey. And again, I'm open for criticism. That's my bad. I did say, however, I don't think he's a bad player. He's very exciting and entertaining going forward. Very early on in his career, I don't think he's found his feet fully. And I think he'll get even better than he is. But I don't think he's a right back. And although I've said what I've said about myself and shot myself down, I do feel that the gaffer sort of reflected that in not playing Norton Cuffey at right back. He played Ryan Leonard there instead. And Leonard really did have the game of his life. I thought he was absolutely superb. And he'll, he'll be nailed on starting now when we travel to Cardiff on Saturday. I think as well we played in the game because it was more of an idea of him being more defensive, more experienced. Fireworks going off, I'm not sure why. And more, you know, of an idea of him trying to contain Jack Clark. And I thought we did that despite conceding the penalty, which having looked at four or five times now, I can tell you definitely wasn't a penalty. Um, even my mate who's a Sunderland fan said that. I said, I think it was on reflection. And it took me four or five looks at the uh, replay so you can give the officials a little bit of slack. Definitely not a penalty. We should have won the game. But look, 1-1 one, one and loads of positives. Getting into the game, the first 45, it wasn't brilliant, okay? And this is what I always say uh, when I back myself again, but we haven't got to be the best team in the world. We haven't got to be the most flair players and have the fucking best moves on the pitch, back heels and Rabonas. It doesn't have to be that, Millwall. As long as we can see that they're all in it together and they're trying, that's enough. And three or four times in the first half, our crowd lifted the players with, with a chant of moo throughout the ground because we could see that they was doing their absolute best. And it wasn't overly entertaining in the first half. From either side, really, Bart Balkowski really troubled. Every time they got forward, Sunderland, all they really managed to do was get it wide to Jack Clark on that long diag, uh, having a bit of a cheat up on the touchline, bringing it down. Leonard was letting him bring it down and then backing off and then winning the ball for him, not just winning the ball, but turning him over and then in turn getting brought down by him, free kicks conceding on a couple of occasions. There was one as well where Clark's had a kick off the ball. Okay, the ball's gone. He actually, you know, getting frustrated. He's lost out again in an exchange with Leonard. And, and he, he goes off the ball. He kicks Ryan Leonard. Now, the refs picks up on this. And I hate blaming refs and officials for our downfall. I think if you're good enough, you'll win the game anyway. However, for the first time, I do feel that I can say that if it wasn't for the officials, we wouldn't have won this game uh, because it wasn't a penalty. Tom Bradshaw's goal was offside. We'll get into that. But look, Leonard done really well in containing Jack Clark. And he's had a kick. Jack Clark off the ball. Now, the referee's picked up on this and not even booked him. Clark actually was booked later in the game as his frustration continued. But if you've spotted off the ball, someone taking a kick at someone, then the absolute minimum has to be a yellow card. You know, if, if he's very aggressive. Look, 
not even if he's that aggressive. Look at Beckham back in fucking France 98 when he throws a leg at Simeone. It's, it's nothing. It's powder puff. He gets sent off. In the laws of the game, Jack Clark should be getting sent off there. He's had a kick at Leonard off the ball and it's been spotted by the ref. So what is his argument there, Clark? What can the referee say? I've seen what you've done off the ball. You took a, you took a kick at a player. But getting back to it, that was probably Sunderland's only real threat in the first half. Bolkowski not troubled at all. As I said, it wasn't fantastic, you know, patterns of play-wise and, and ideas-wise. But on the occasions that we did come forward, Ryan Lennon had a really good shot from distance that whistled just wide. We got a good couple of balls in the box. Norton Cuffey sticks one in this, but just can't get on the end of it. But it was a really good ball from Norton Cuffey into a really good area. And it's from the same sort of area that the goal comes right on half-time. Again, Ryan Lennon clattered, I think, again by Jack Clark. Um, loose ball falls, gets played out to Norton Cuffey and he puts in a brilliant cross and Kevin Nisbet's there to meet it first time right foot, side foot, composed see him score a very composed goal earlier on in the season where he brings it down um, opens his body up and passes it into the net and he's very composed again, doesn't panic finds space and quite a lot of it in between the Sunderland defence you know, don't do him a disjustice there that's an art to find that space as a centre forward and he just guides it, doesn't panic composed, that's two and two for Nisbet now hopefully he can continue that and I think he will continue that, providing he can stay fit. So that's half-time done. Coming to the second half, and I felt, you know, we didn't sit back in the second half, but we didn't massively press for it at the start of the second half. Then I did feel that we started to sit back a little bit. And I always say, you know, I'll defend that usually. and say We didn't sit back. Teams will have their time. They'll have their momentum. Shooting towards 2,000 and odd, 500 maybe, Sunderland fans that have travelled all the way down despite the weather. It's a fair play to them. Fantastic fan base. But they was a little bit quiet on the day, Sunderland fans. And I don't think that was because I was sitting up the other end because they're fucking definitely loud at their best. But I just think they could see not really a lot happening in the game for them. But I do feel then that we started to sit back and definitely the gap between their goalkeeper and backline into their midfield wasn't being pressed as hard as it was in the first half and in the early stages. Maybe that's fitness a little bit. Because, again, substitutions later on, he's gone like for like and took Honeyman off, put Longman on and um, brought Fleming off and put Watmore on. So maybe it was a fitness thing. We've had midweek game, of course, Ipswich. But I did feel that despite whatever the reasons may have been, that gap started to be a little bit too much. And we was giving them too much time and space to put it into their midfield and then play in, in our defensive areas. And they started to come forward at that point. Clark got behind again. A couple of times cuts one back. Giza puts it wide at the front post, probably should have done better, but good defending for the man who was right on him and touched tight. And then the one again, similar instance, but the guy's got a much clearer, much bigger target to hit. And he guides it over the bar, no conviction um, on that part and on that occasion. And it, you know, they probably should have done better on that one. At that point, they may be thinking we could be in for a point here. And then they get the penalty. Uh, guy gets around the back again, Jack Clark, and he gets in behind Leonard. Hadn't dived in all afternoon. On this occasion, he'd gone past Mitchell already, the guy, and he was, he was coming back in towards goal. And then it does dive in. The only time he did dive in all day, at the time, it's a long way from where I'm sitting. I'm in the corner flag by the cold blow where it meets the Dockers, and it's happened complete opposite end of the pitch in the opposite corner. So difficult for me to see. Some of the fans screamed for it. Of course, they did. But for me, it, it did look like a penalty. I've had to watch it back, as I said earlier in the show, four or five times, and I wasn't convinced it was or wasn't. So I can be a little bit as frustrating as it is, leaning towards the officials. The linesman would have been in left-back position, so he would have been along the touchline from me. So he's got to see right over there as well. So you're sort of completely reliant on the referee there, um, who was in the vicinity. But look, as I said, I've had to look at it three or four times. 
from three different angles. And the best one you can see is where it, it comes from, where it's looking at the North Stand. Lillard does get a touch on the ball. Jack Plot goes over his leg after that. He's going to. It's momentum. But the ball's been won cleanly by Leonard, and it goes off the pitch. Ref gives a penalty, and Jack Clark steps up, usually full of confidence, full of beans, great player. Uh, but it wasn't the most convincing penalty. I could never blame a goalkeeper for, for letting in a penalty. I did, however, do that once when George Long let in a penalty um, away at Rotherham. Said he still should have saved that. Should Bart have saved it? I mean, it's there. It sort of goes under his body. I think that Bart thinks, and you do have to anticipate these goalkeepers. You can't wait to see where it's going to go. You may be able to do that at kids' football or on a Sunday, but as clean and as crisp as these players strike the ball, you know, you, you've got to make your mind up. I think Bart thinks he's going high. Maybe he's done his research on previous Jack Clark penalties. I don't know. You might be able to check me on the comments in that one. But it goes low and it's, it's down there. It sort of goes through his hand and his leg. It is very difficult when they're really close to your feet to kick your leg away and get your hand down first. It is hard. But, um, look, I'm not going to fucking dig by It's a penalty. A penalty should be scored by a professional footballer, especially one of that calibre and talent, and especially at the level we're at with these players getting paid what they are. So it's 1-1. One, one, and then I think um, we, I would have been devastated if we'd lost that game. We definitely didn't deserve to lose it. We did deserve to win it. And at this point, I think we're going to capitulate. But we don't. Substitutions are made. Massive case now for Duncan Watmore to start. If he can stay fit, he's got a lot more energy than Fleming has. A lot more pace than Fleming has. Arguably, Fleming's the better finisher. And a couple of people said to me uh, before the game and during the week, do you know what we should do when you're picking your best side, you're having a chat with your mates? We should fuck Fleming off up front and play two up front because he can't do a lot else other than finish. Um, and I do feel that he's gone massively backwards and there definitely won't be people queuing up to pay £15 million for him in a transfer winner. It's a shame because we want him to continue what he's done last season. And if he did, he maybe wouldn't be at the club. But I think we can all agree that if someone coming from now for £15 million, which they absolutely would not, he, I think you'd be lucky to get five at the minute and try to take him, then, then, I, then I'd let him go to, as part of, of the Joe Edwards rebuild that we need funds for. But look, not blaming Fleming. You know, he's clearly out of form. Must be frustrating for him after such a fantastic season last season. But yeah, look, definitely a case for me for what more to start. I think he will get that start at Cardiff next week. But Longman comes on. This is the thing. I said this in, in a video before, and I know a lot of you said it. Players look great when they come on. When they start, not so much. And I think Longman's falling into that bracket now because he comes on again. Uh, Bradshaw comes on as well for Nisbet, light for light for legs. Uh, Nisbet hasn't played a lot of football, I understand, he probably gassed out. Um, and I think that Longman gave himself a real case to start against Cardiff. And I think that I've answered any Tom Bradshaw hate after yesterday because what Longman did in the second half of Ipswich, he gets a great ball into the box for Nisbet. And people say, well, Bradshaw didn't do that. Well, because Longman didn't put any balls in in the first half. Longman really done well when he come on. If, if, he, can, if he can generate that and, and convert that into 90 minutes, I think we'll have a little bit of a player on our hands. And I'll be interested in signing definitely on a permanent when his loan expires at the end of the season. Of course, he's on loan from Hull. But he puts in a ball across the box low, which Bradshaw wants. Bradshaw's running away from goal. He gets a little toe on it. And the replays don't do the goalkeeper justice about what a good save it was. Because I was right in line with it, and it was it was in. And the keeper dives sideways and backwards. In real time, I didn't realise how quick it had gone. That's one thing I will pick up from the replay. Actually, it went a lot quicker than I thought. Bradshaw gets a brilliant connection. It's a great little two-man move. But the goalkeeper dives sideways and backwards and gets an hand on it, tips it around the post. So unlucky for Bradshaw. And then we come again, we try and win the game, which I like. You could just sense it amongst the players. Edwards was animated on the touchline. The fan base had picked up on it. And it was rocking in there last 20 minutes. And again, we've walked off at the end of the game. 
with, with to a standard ovation because that's all we ask. Give it your all. But look, getting back to the Longman chance, he jinks inside the left hand side definitely for me is his position and as as, as energetic and as Millwall like as George Honeyman is. If Longman can, can maintain the form over 90 minutes, he's definitely the better option. He's definitely got that little bit more quality than Honeyman has. Jinx inside, hits a shot, hits the defender's leg, goes miles in the air. I think it's gone over. Like, I can't work out what happened. And all of a sudden, it sort of drops, hits the top of the post, straight down. Tom Bradshaw, right place, right time. But it turns out not the right place or time because he is flagged offside. As I said in my full-time reaction, it'd been in the air so long I couldn't actually remember where everyone's starting positions were. It seemed to hang up there for an absolute fucking eternity. But as it drops and he slams it home, I look at the replay today. And for me, it's difficult because he's sort of out of shot um, at any angle they showed of it. But he did look a good yard and a half offside. So very unfortunate. Is it offside if it comes off their defender? Well, it is if he's offside when the original ball is struck, which I do believe he was. So... We've been done twice there by refereeing decisions. One one warranted, probably one definitely not warranted. But the desire, the togetherness, the team spirit, the bodies on the line, the drive, the digging in towards the end and, and trying to push on and win the game was brilliant. And although it was a 1-1 one, one draw and normality restored instead of full-time, it definitely, you know, walked out there last night, went out last night, went for a drink with my mates. You know, the buzz is back. Couldn't wait to film this video today because I was really, really starting to get worried. And although it's a good point and, and, and back in the right direction, we need to now try and sustain this. I'd have no issue with us going to Cardiff on, on Saturday and drawing two difficult away games now, Cardiff away and Leicester away. Um, and if we took two points from those, I honestly wouldn't have a problem with it. Issue you've got now is QPR, new manager bounce, two games in a row. They've won. Sheffield Wednesday, fuck my bet. Uh, beat Blackburn, fired a six-team hacker. Um, and we make Sammy Smodich, although he scored, let me down because they'd won 3 one Sheffield Wednesday. So now, teams below us picking up points, and we are looking over our shoulders, but I definitely feel I've seen enough in that game alone that Joe Edwards now, and I'm glad he rang the changes and made four or five changes, because he definitely did need that. I think Watmore coming back in now will now give him an, another fresh option and a fresh decision to make on Saturday, which I think he will make. But yeah, definitely, definitely better. Definitely more like a mill performance. Pete O'Mara said more like a Rowett performance. Um, I didn't feel that because I don't think Rowett would have gone and tried to win that game in the last 20 minutes. And I feel that, you know, I'll get that. It was 1-1 one, one draw. No issue with it. As much as I said, I wanted Rowett out and I'm bored of the of the draws. Remember, the draws fucking mean that someone made once. Picture of Gary Rowett on the on the post of the draws. Um, and I wanted excitement and I was bored. I would happily take that yesterday. I, I, I eat my words and I bite my tongue because 1-1, one, one, it was a 1-1, one, one, but it was a good 1-1, one, one, shall we say. Although we should have won the game, Definitely feel that it was pos lots of positives to take. And we got the team back a bit. And I've got a little bit more confidence in Joe Edwards. I've got full confidence in Joe Edwards, okay? Full confidence. And I said I actually respect and admire what he's doing because no matter who he's got currently, even if he knows they're not capable of doing what he wants to do, that's what I'm going to do at this club. And I expect him to be filtered through the club, every age group playing the same way. And I think he's a really, really good manager. I really do. I'm hearing really good things from him that he's the first one there every day at training and he's the last one to leave every day. Him and Andy Myers and I'm hearing his sessions are brilliant and that the players love him, even if they're not getting the team, they love him. They think he's great and he's really advanced and really, you know, forward thinking. Um, I'm just not sure he's at the right football club to do that, but definitely investments needed in January. But look, January is January. 
and that's videos way into the future. But definitely, look, I'm buzzing after yesterday. I actually got the buzz back. Very proud of the boys. Sent me out last night on a, on a night out in a very, very good mood. We roll on to about three o'clock this morning. So I'm, uh, I'm struggling a little bit, but that's your post-match analysis done. Little break now. Of course, no midweek game. I'll be back for a preview on Thursday. Might be trying to squeeze a Lions Lounge or a Den debate at some point. Let me know what you'd like to see. And more importantly, who you'd like to see on Lions Lounge. If you haven't already, check out that playlist, by the way. There's about fucking 70 ex-Millwall players and managers and famous fans. Most recently, Teddy Sheeran. I'll link that one in the end of this video, actually. Please subscribe to Lions TV. Have a good week, everyone. Come on, you Lions. 